Hi, I'm Reverend Grant Mansfield. And I'm Rabbi Andy Warmflash. And this, this is Common Grounds. Hey, Andy, it's good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been quite a while. I know it's been a really busy time for you. Yeah, you know, Christmas, it's one of my favorite seasons, but you come to the very end of it and you're like, oh, I'm glad I have a few days just to rest <laughs> in the spirit. Yeah, no, I, I always felt that way after the high holidays. It oh, I'm sure. So intense, and uh, and then you can breathe. Yeah, but yeah, so how have you been? I, I'm really, well, we, we had a lovely Hanukkah and, you know, Everybody is healthy. Mm-hmm. Everything is, is good. And you too? Yeah, I did. You know, it, it's always fascinating when these holy days come up in, in our traditions because it's also the time of year where I also experience that there's deaths in the parish, which we had that. You know, we came back from our Christmas break and I had a funeral immediately after that. So it's kind of got my mind thinking about that concept of of death and dying and what comes next yeah what comes next is really it's really a question you know you you remind me of years ago when my my oldest granddaughter was young she was she developed this real fear of dying I I don't know she was seven eight years old and so she asked her parents and they said they passed the buck. They said, "Well, your grandfather's a rabbi. Call him." And so we spoke. Uh, she called me really several times, mm. and we sort of explored it together. So I said, "What? What are you afraid of?" And she said, "Being nothing, just, mm. just not existing." Wow. Uh, yeah. How, how did you respond to her in that? Well, I tried to talk about an afterlife and what mm. that that might mean she didn't and maybe doesn't believe in god so that was not a an easy sell yeah but i suggested to her which is exactly what people say to kids right as you grow older you'll see things differently and i i hope that's true we haven't talked about this in years so i think at least she's come to terms with it It, it, it's not it's not frightening yeah well and you know i think it's it's such a natural thing i think particularly for a young child to to be wondering and curious about that i know you you talk about how your granddaughter had a a fear i also had a a big fear of death growing up oh yeah i i had this moment i remember i had this children's bible and it would sit by my bed at night and one night i i picked it up and i started reading through the book of revelation which as a seven or eight year old you should not (laughs) pick up and read the book of revelation there's so much symbol like symbolism in it that you don't quite understand but i just remember i read through it and at the end i was terrified of dying because i felt like i would be you know what if i get thrown into this burning pit of fire and like oh, I, I was so afraid and my mom is uh, a baptist minister so i remember i ran into her room and i was all tears and she had to comfort me and be like grant don't worry you're not going to go to hell you're not going to be thrown into the, the you know into the fire blah 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 but it it was also kind of the same thing of like as you get older you'll have a a deeper more mature understanding of what all this is but it's yeah for kids that's a scary space <laughs> yeah so I, I guess that that raises the question now that we are older yeah. of what we think right? yeah right I know that I know that the Bible 
describes an afterlife. It doesn't seem like heaven or hell. It, it's and it's not a great place. It it is a place where all the dead go. It's it's called Shaul. It's mm-hmm. a kind of watery underground. It seems even to be disconnected from God a little bit, right? It says the yeah. dead don't praise God. There's in the Psalms, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know and we have the famous story of the witch of Endor and yeah. how Saul gets um, Samuel mm-hmm. raised up, and he's just grouchy. <laughs> he's not happy about it, yeah. right? But that's certainly, I think, for for us. You know, it's not a description that that speaks to us. Yeah, and you know, it, it's fascinating that um, that that's kind of like the Jewish kind of understanding of it. You know, and, and I'm glad to hear the proper pronunciation. Well, think, I've been calling it Sheol this whole right, time. Right, right. <laughs> well, so I don't say it's the Jewish understanding, mm. but it, I think it's the biblical biblical understanding. understanding. That that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. You know, when we look through the vast majority of, of Scripture, particularly in the Hebrew text, I mean, that that's really what it is. It's it, it's really, in my understanding, this place of just, it's where you're resting kind of thing. It's yeah. neither here nor there. And it's fascinating because in the Christian tradition, really in particular when you um, start getting into like the 11th century onward, you really get this strong, heavy sense of of heaven and hell and you know the the concept of purgatory gets pulled into mm. all this but when we look at scripture there, there's very little that kind of connects to that protestant understanding of fiery furnace and hell we in the new testament there's passages that talk about um when when jesus and god come to to judge the world at end times that there will be this reckoning where the wheat mm. will be separated from the the weeds and and um, evil will be put to death. And that, that's the description that you hear in, in Revelation. But there's never, at least in what I've read, this, this deep understanding of um, this concept of hell that, that mm. I think Christian culture maybe holds um, in the Protestant tradition. Yeah, you know, there in the Talmud, there is something like that. There, mm-hmm. I, I think this is in part... Um, an attempt to solve one of the most difficult theological problems there are, right? Which mm. is why the righteous suffer and yeah. why evil people seem to succeed. Mm. And so one way of dealing with that problem is to say, it'll all work out in the next world, yeah. right? Right. In fact, there's even a rabbinic text that says, well, if you suffer in this world, it'll be so much better for you. In the, in the next world, which a lot of rabbis yeah. say, no, no, thank you. Yeah. you know. Well, well, I mean, that's also present in the Christian tradition, too. I mean, we uh, I mean, you know, there's um, the the hymn in African-American spirituals about running with perseverance, the race ahead of you. And it, it's that idea of, you know, you know, to be martyred or to suffer in this world. Well, you'll you'll reap your reward in, in heaven when you get with God. I don't know. It's it's an interesting concept of, you know, why why does, you know, bad things happen to good people right. and yeah, good it, things to it, bad people or evil it, people. Right, yeah. right. It is and um certainly a subject for another day. Yeah. Right? Definitely um, so. So to come back to the, the rabbinic view mm-hmm. of heaven and hell. I mean, there it's it's kind of Heaven is is described as the Garden of Eden, and it's like a, a return mm. to paradise. The rabbis, of course, in their own imagination, what what could be the greatest pleasure 
they get to study Torah with God. <laughs> Such an academic response. Well, well, you know, I mean, what, what, you know, and you're there, and of course Moses is there with you, and and, and so on. I, I will say that in the Jewish tradition, there are ideas about the next world, but they tend not to be. We don't tend to focus on them very much, mm-hmm. because it's really about uh, the emphasis is always on this world. Yeah. There's always a sense, this is how you behave, this is what you do, not so much, you know, almost, well, the next world, we'll get there, we'll see, yeah. <laughs> rather than mm-hmm. it being a major part of Jewish theology, yeah. at least currently. Yeah, and you know, I think that's something that we in the Christian tradition, if we look at it scripturally, we hold that in common with with the Jewish understanding of that. It's always interesting because when we look at the scripture from a Christian perspective, you know, and we look at the life and teachings of Jesus, every time that he speaks of something kind of like beyond this world, it's really just about like the, the full coming of God's kingdom coming in and all will be made right and as it needs to be at the end. But the main focus, like you said, it's it's on this world, and you're not necessarily focused on, oh, if I you know accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, then I'm good, you know, in the next <laughs> right. life. Jesus never once said that. Jesus is about how are you embodying love and justice and compassion, all these things in your everyday life. The, but this concept of of hell being this physical place where one goes to burn and eternal yeah. damnation, that I mean. I, at least in what I see, that that's not really something that we fully see in scripture. Do you, do, do you have a sense um, that of judgment? I'm forgetting about yes. heaven and hell, but yeah. the idea that at a certain point in your, you know, once you leave this world, they'll you'll have to make an accounting. Yes, that that is definitely so, and really, I I mean, we we see that. I can't remember which gospel it's in, but one of the synoptic gospels, so it's either Matthew, Mark, or Luke, there's a a parable, a story that's preserved of Lazarus and the rich man. And within that retelling, it talks of, you know, this rich man who had everything in the the world uh, at his disposal, and then Lazarus, this poor, hungry, homeless person sitting out on his gate, and they both die, and the rich man goes to the underworld to, you know, burn through that space, and um, Lazarus goes to heaven to be with with Father Abraham. That, mm-hmm. That's actually what it says, to dwell with Father Abraham and God. And there, there is a sense there that there, there is a place of judgment that God will make right the, the wrongs of the world. And we see that revealed in the book of Revelation, which is filled with symbolism. And you, you, you really kind of have to dive deeper into that, not take it at face value. But the core of what the book of Revelation is about is that when we come to the end time, that is when God will, will bring forth this judgment and the wrongs will be flipped on their heads. And there will be this opportunity to, to return back into God. And in doing so, the new creation, the new Jerusalem comes about. Mm-hmm. And that that's what heaven is, really, is this new society coming forth. But it, it requires the old society to die away. It, and I think that's a very powerful thing because I think in the Christian circles, we often think of judgment as an individual thing. Right. You, you know, go figure in the United States that we'd be focused on ourselves rather yeah. than anyone else. But, but it's not necessarily just about individual judgment for our own actions but it's how we as a society how we as a people as a community mm. move towards or away from god and that's really the focus that i see in what jesus teaches and in revelation in the christian scriptures 
that's where judgment is about is how have we as a whole huh. come to this yeah I, th I think we have both I mm -hmm. think there is a sense of at least in some elements of the Jewish tradition there's a sense of being judged we have this beautiful image on the high holidays that God reviews each year actually reviews a book in which mm. each of us has written in our own hand our deeds and God Ooh. looks at them and 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 God judges mm -hmm. um, there is there is that sense there are rabbinic passages which talk about this one I love which is that when you you come to that day of judgment you'll have to make an accounting for all the legitimate pleasures of life you didn't enjoy Ooh. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right. Because after all, life is a gift. Yeah. Right? Right. So, I mean, that's sort of the, the, the opposite. It's very um, counterintuitive in a way and, 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 and lovely, yeah. I think. Uh, but there are also statements about, you know, you'll be asked certain questions. Were you honest in business is, mm. is one of those questions. So there is that. I don't know how literal the yeah. people who said these things took them. Yeah. I have to tell you one of my favorite, it's a story, it's not really a teaching, but I love it. Mm -hmm. um, and this is about someone who is given a choice mm -hmm. between heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. And so he, first he goes, he says, well, let me see hell. So mm -hmm. he goes and he sees these people and they are sitting before a banquet. Mm. But their hands are cha chained to their, do you know this? Yes, I they, do. They, right, they're chained to their seats and they can't do it and then he goes to heaven and it's the same picture mm -hmm. their hands are also chained and so he says well I don't understand this is heaven and the answer is in heaven they know enough to feed each other yes right yes right? I love that it, I do too I, I I really do yeah well again because it emphasizes right of that interpersonal that interconnectivity piece and I think that's where you know this concept of, of heaven and hell that I think secular, the secular society has of religious traditions, it, it's so individual focused, but that's such a perfect example of it. It's really about how we walk together, you know, it, and it makes me ponder, you know, really what, what do we mean when we say what is heaven and what is, what is hell? I mean, what, what does that look like for you personally? Um, well, so I have to say, I don't know about I you know I think uh, of course and I'm getting older right you have time to worry about <laughs> but you know I when you get to be my age you know now 69 mm -hmm. you know I often wonder how much time do I have left mm -hmm. right it's a real it's a real question yeah. when people say um, you know oh we'll we'll be you know we're gonna be on Mars in 20 years and I think well in 20 years, I'll be 89 if I'm even here, right? You'll be with the Lord. Maybe. Yeah, well, it's, I, I'd, like, I'd like God to have patience. Yes, <laughs> patience, right? Right. So, so it, it, you know, it's something I, I think about. And what does it mean? And for me, I mean, part of it is there's this image of being, the, the Bible uses this language about Abraham, among others, that he's gathered to his people, mm. right? And, mm -hmm. and this idea of kind of uniting with other souls, yeah. certainly family, but this sense of, I don't know, you know, losing, in, ironic, losing your individuality 
mm. and becoming part of something bigger and greater yeah. and, and maybe having a clearer vision. We don't know what, what no. we're here for, really. We, we yeah. think about it. We try to figure it out. We try to be understand why God put us here, but we don't know. I, I had a, a friend who was a folk singer unfortunately mm -hmm. died very young mm -hmm. but he um he wrote this song it was almost a country song uh, about a tapestry and he said mm -hmm. that when you're young or when you're in this world it's like being uh, under a chair with a tapestry and all you see are the threads hanging down mm -hmm. but once you once you've passed from this world you look down and you see the pattern Right, ah, you can, mm -hmm. right. So that that appeals to me. That I don't know if it's true, right? But it yeah. appeals to me to have that that broader vision. What about you? Oh my gosh! Well, before I even dive into that, I just have to say, as you're naming that, my my mind immediately goes back to the Prince of Egypt film that came out in yeah. the '90s um, through he or through Heaven's Eyes, like that single thread in the tapestry. Oh, I love that imagery. But for me. Uh, I, I think it's actually quite similar. You know, we, we can't really fully know what what the afterlife looks like. But for me, I, I do believe that when, when we talk about heaven or hell, it's not a physical place for me. It's a state of being. And, and however that looks in the next life is what it is. But, you know, I really understand the, you know, to, to be in heaven is to be connected with God, to be mm. in God's presence, and to, to be following right. the Right. Studying Torah. You could be yeah, studying stu Torah. Yeah, studying Torah. I mean, yeah. I would be down for that. Yeah. And, and hell is disconnection from God. It's the absence of God. And a lot of Christian theologians, in particular in the early church, talked about that, of heaven and earth being the presence of God versus the absence mm. of God and how we interact with that. And, and again, tying that into the, the communal piece, you know, and one of the apostles in the church, Paul, he was one of our early evangelists, in his letter, first letter to the church in Corinth, it was in chapter 13, he talks about the, the different gifts that we each bring to, to the body of Christ and talked about how our unique individuality and the beauty and the uniqueness of who we are, that's not erased through unity, but we're looking at unity within our complexity rather than mm -hmm. in our conformity. And, and when I think about what heaven is like and what new life and, and the mm -hmm. new Jerusalem is, it's that. It's us coming together as the people of God in the presence of God, bringing the fullness of who we are, responding to God's desires for our life and, and cohabitating in that space. Mm. And so I, for me, that's that's heaven. And you know, though, you know, though I'm 30 and, you know, God willing, I've got a nice long life ahead of me, you know, death. I mean, this is something that I, I sit with every single day. You know, I, when I was in college, I was diagnosed with HIV. And so every oh, wow. day, yeah. every day I take a, a medicine, a miracle medicine that keeps me alive and healthy. But every night when I take that pill, it's a very physical reminder of how close death can wow. be. And I think that's why that intention of heaven is being in the dwelling in the fullness of who God is and hell is being absent from God is so powerful for me because I don't think we have to to physically die to experience hell we don't have to, yeah. to die to experience heaven it's about 
our, our being and how that's, that's situated. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, as I think about the Jewish tradition, um, there are all these different images of the next world. One of them, even though it, it wasn't popular, but it was sort of among Jewish mystics, was a kind of reincarnation. So there, mm. there's a, But I think what all of them have in common is that the grave is not the end. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen to that. Um, and, and for me, it just life would not make sense if we're born by accident and we die by accident and that's all there is. And that's what I tried to tell my granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It doesn't it's not sensible yeah. in some deep way. Whatever whatever it is, I, I have some trepidation about it. Yeah. You know, I wonder if. So I do think, you know, I, I, I f- fear a certain kind of judgment, mm-hmm. but I'm also optimistic, despite yeah. that, yeah. that it'll be good. That, that's how I feel, too. And, you know, you know, we, we, there's a, a branch in the Christian, well, I don't know if they call themselves Christians, but you've got the Unitarian Universalist denomination that's out there that talks about universal salvation. And, and I, I, I personally cling to that. You know, I look at, through all of Scripture, just how much energy and time that God contributes into loving us so unconditionally. And I can't believe that that, that would just come to an end, that, that God wouldn't give us the continued patience that we need to arrive to be in that fullness. And so, yeah, I, I'm with you in that. I, I think there is something into that of whatever comes after death, there's new life in there for us. Yes, yes. Yeah. And... Um, I'm not eager for it, but yeah. I guess as much as anyone can be, I, I'm ready yeah. when, when God decides it's time. Yeah, it, it's a process, isn't it? Well, and as always, we always run out of time. Yes. We're just getting into the swing of things. But um, thank you for just musing with me on this. Oh, this is fun. yeah. I, I always learn from you. And I, Likewise. I appreciate it. So uh, see you very soon. Yeah. Uh, we won't have a long hiatus like last last time. No, we'll go back um, into our regular and schedule. I'm, I'm eager to resume. Yeah, me too. All right, All right. my friend. Take well. care. Bye. <laughs>